What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question and answer podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. You can ask me anything and everything about our Catholic faith from morality to spirituality, whether it's a question about everyday life or what we believe as Catholics. I'm here to help you find answers. If you are a first-time listener, please be sure to follow the podcast. You can also hit me up with your own questions and comments at www.assistionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. On today's show, I'm super, super, super excited to talk to you about baptism and salvation and what's the point of baptism, particularly whenever people are not living a lifestyle that is conducive to discipleship. And I cannot wait to share the saint of the day with you as well. Super excited about her. And uh, before we get into those really great conversations, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story is this, uh, this past week, I was able to spend time in St. Louis with 17,000 young adults from across the world uh, who were there for the SEEK conference. Shout out to everybody who I met, who I encountered. I, I was so grateful. Again, we don't do what we do to hear the feedback or to know about the fruit of our yes, of our fiat to Jesus. But it's always edifying to see what Jesus Christ does in and through books and YouTube videos and podcasts whenever I meet people in person and able to hear from them how um, how they benefited from the books, the YouTube videos, the podcasts, the programs from Ascension. It is just very edifying. But my glory story is that we were able to spend time with our team. Y'all, I've been with Ascension now since 2014. Since I was ordained a priest, I've been working with Ascension Press. And a lot of people I work with, I talk on the phone with all the time. Uh, I Skype, we do Zoom. We text, but we don't get to be with each other in person. We don't get to spend time face-to-face with the persons who who labor for this podcast and who do the work for the books and the programs and the videos and who spend countless hours trying to make the product the best it can be so that the stuff we do uh, and work on can be a bridge for, for you to fall more in love with Jesus and his church. And so I was able to have like FaceTime with our team. Uh, the members of the body of Christ who, though many of them are hidden and they're not seen in the public, they are necessary and they are so good and I'm so grateful for them. And so it was just a gift to connect with them and, and other members from our, our team who many of you know, like Father Mike and like Chica and Mari Pablo and Jeff Cavins and so many others. So Seek was a great gift of connecting with people, the body of Christ, hearing stories uh, and being able to express gratitude to our team at Ascension who are just such gifts from the Father to Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, my glory story is it's all about the people of God. With that, I want to remind you, if you want to receive show notes or updates about the podcast, subscribe to my email list by texting Ask Father Josh to 33777. And you can rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, any of the podcast formats, share us on social media pages and Rate us and review us that helps other people to find out about the show. If it's good for you, it might be good for them. And now let's get into today's topic about baptism and salvation.
All right. So today's question comes in from Becca, and it's about baptism and salvation. Is baptism a guarantee to get into heaven? I feel that so many people are baptized, and then they don't live in faith or even know Jesus. Do they still get to heaven? Do they stay in purgatory? I'm really confused by the church's teachings on this. So, um, Becca, this is a great question because, like you and me, we both know a number of people who have been sacramentalized, who maybe have even been catechized in PSR or CCD or Sunday school or in Catholic schools but they have not been evangelized. They don't really know Jesus. Uh, they might have a personal relationship with theology or um, with history of the church, but not with the person, Jesus Christ. And Pope John Paul II and Pope Benedict XVI and Pope Francis have consistently said over and over again that we are created to be in a relationship with the person, Jesus the Christ. And so baptism is certainly the beginning of salvation. Like we know that baptism is not just a symbol. And the Bible in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, St. Peter himself writes that baptism saves. He says, baptism saves you. But the thing about this is that we can lose our salvation. We do not believe once saved, always saved. We believe that it's an ongoing work of the Spirit that we have to participate in. We have to remain in relationship. We can choose because of freedom to walk away from salvation. We can choose because of our freedom to walk away from our relationship with Jesus Christ, with our Father, with the Holy Spirit. We can choose to say, I'm done with this. St. Peter certainly did on multiple occasions. Remember the first time he encountered Peter was with his brother Andrew, and he lived with Jesus for a while, then left Jesus. Jesus came back to Peter while he was fishing. He followed Jesus again. Then in the Garden of Gethsemane, he left Jesus. And then Jesus came back to him again in the upper room. And then he left and went to go fishing. And then Jesus came to him again and invited him to follow him again. And so, I mean, over and over again, Peter kept messing up. Peter kept being with Christ, being away from Christ, but Christ keeps inviting back. And so, yes, salvation does begin at baptism. And if a baby is baptized and dies, that baby is a saint. If a, if a child is baptized and dies, that child will be a, a saint. Provided that child, however old they are, uh, did not commit mortal sins that they did not then repent from. That's why we have baptism. And then after baptism, whenever you reach an age of reason, you make your first reconciliation. You go to confession. Uh, And then after confession, okay, you go to confession. Okay, just like you were saved at baptism, you're being saved again. Now to the sacraments, the work of Christ, the work of the Spirit. Uh, And then what helps you to maintain that salvation? Or the Eucharist, John chapter 6. Jesus says, eat my flesh, drink my blood, you will have eternal life. Uh, If you, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And so when we do our, go to receive communion, that's like our altar call. We're accepting Jesus Christ into our life again, saying I'm I'm abiding with Christ. I'm, I'm remaining in relationship with Jesus Christ. But if we were to receive the, the Eucharist unworthily, if we are in mortal sin, we have not repented through the sacrament of reconciliation, St. Paul writes in Corinthians, that we can get sick and we can even die from receiving the Eucharist unworthily and we can place judgment on ourselves. Um, hence why we got to go to confession. And so it's an ongoing thing to stay in relationship with Jesus, to abide in relationship with Jesus, so that way we, we can become saints. Now, what if um, someone is in RCA and they're preparing for baptism at Easter and then they die before baptism? Well, th- then they will also be saved because it was baptism by desire. Or what if somebody gets martyred, they get they get killed for the faith, they, they fall in love with Jesus, and before they can be baptized, they are, are, are martyred. Well, they're, they're baptized by blood, right? So baptism could be by water in the Spirit, it could be by blood in the Spirit, it could be by desire in the Spirit. And, and then also, uh, can God save anyone outside of the sacrament of baptism? Yeah, they'll be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. God is certainly bigger than the sacraments, but the sacraments are the normative path for salvation. What we often encounter is people who have been baptized and they've been confirmed, but they haven't really had a profound encounter with the person, Jesus Christ. And so, again, if they're living in mortal sin, mortal sin is whenever you have grave matter and you have full freedom to commit the sin you're doing and you know it's wrong. 
uh, then yeah, they're choosing to walk away from Jesus. And so Jesus will continue to go after them like he did Peter over and over again, but he gives us freedom to, to walk away and to stay away um, as well. Uh, will they just stay in purgatory is one of your questions. Well, again, if you die in a state of grace, you go to heaven. If you don't die in a state of grace, then you would go to hell. If you are going to go to heaven, then you go through purgatory to get to heaven. Purgatory is not like a limbo. It's not a waiting place. Purgatory is the shower that you take before you get to heaven because St. John wrote in the Bible in Revelation that nothing unclean will enter into heaven. Uh, so you got to get so fresh and so clean, clean to get into the kingdom of heaven. And so purgatory is the cleansing phase of heaven. If you're in purgatory, you're going to heaven. It's not some waiting place. It's like a purification phase, stage, as you're welcomed into the, the beatific vision, as you're welcomed into the kingdom of heaven. So, yes, baptism is a gift, but we can always walk away from that gift because God gives us freedom. God won't force us to stay with him. If we ever want to walk away, walk away, love. Oh, no, it's run away, ludicrous, marriage blush. Run away, love, run uh, away, run away, love. Um, yeah, he will let us run away. You know? And he'll always chase us, but he won't force us to come back with him. So hopefully that was helpful. Uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we are going to dive into our saint of the day. Cannot wait to share her with you. Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and I want to tell you about my latest podcast launching January 1st, The Catechism in a Year, where we will read the entire Catechism of the Catholic Church over the course of 365 days. That is the 2,000 years of the Church's beauty and truth and teachings of the church that Jesus Christ himself founded come into contact with us and allowing that contact to change our lives. You know, after the Bible, the Catechism is the most important book for Catholics. The Catechism is much, much more than a reference book. It is the distilling, the unpacking, the summary of all that Christians have believed for hundreds and thousands of years and what Christians believe today. To see what we'll be reading each day, Get the reading plan at ascensionpress.com slash C-I-Y. And we're back. Just a reminder, if you are a first-time listener, be sure to follow the podcast. You can also hit me up with your own questions and comments at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. Also, if you would like to receive show notes and any updates about the podcast, be sure to subscribe to my email list by texting askfatherjosh to 33777. Our saint for today is almost a saint though not yet, but she is certainly on her way. I discovered her through my good friend, Meg Hunter-Kilmer, who writes about the saints all the time. She's a gift to me. And if she was on the show before, you got to, like, she's such a gift to the church. I love her so much. But uh, it's a woman by the name of Blessed Sarah. And Blessed Sarah, uh, she was born in Hungary, and uh, she used to smoke a lot, a uh, little puff puff going on in her life. She was a socialist. And she fought for women's rights. And eventually she became, get this, a religious sister. But when she entered the convent, she had her personality that she had before the convent. I mean, it was being blessed. Grace was coming upon it. It was being perfected. But she was still stubborn and she was still passionate about a lot of things. And she was not a quiet, pious sister. She was loud and disruptive. And uh, she was very, very, very courageous and a fighter. She was a fighter before the convent, and then she became a sister after an encounter with Jesus in the church, and she remained the fighter. Now, here's the thing. She lived during the lifetime of the Nazis, 
And whenever the Nazis began to persecute Catholics and Jews, uh, she, Sarah, who again, prior to becoming a nun, was a, a, a woman's rights activist and a socialist and used to smoke on some things, she still was like, uh-uh, nope, I'm a fighter. I'm once a fighter, always a fighter. I'm a fight for the gospel now, but I'm a fighter. And so she began to publicly speak against them. She began to write articles. Uh, she was very intellectual, very smart, and she would address their demonic ideology and their foolishness, and she would call them out. And she was not afraid to like challenge them. Like where, as a lot of people were very scared of the Nazis and what would happen if they spoke out against them, she was not. And at the same time, she didn't just pray for their conversion and pray for everybody who's been persecuted. She didn't just like protest and and speak out against them, but she also did a lot of work behind the scenes. And she would save Jewish boys and girls, men and women. And a lot of the women who she saved uh, from persecution, from the concentration camps, she would hide them all over, but particularly in her convent. And she would dress them up as nuns. They weren't nuns. They weren't even Catholic, but she would dress them up as nuns so that way they can get, get past the Nazis, get past the people who were trying to kill the Jews. She ended up saving hundreds of Jewish lives because of the work that, that she did. And while doing this work, she eventually was captured. And she experienced the same death that a number of other um, Catholics received um, and, and Jewish men and women received as well. She was arrested like Jesus was arrested. She was stripped naked like Jesus Christ was stripped naked. And then she was shot. She was shot and her body was thrown in a river. She died fighting for the lives of Jewish men and women. Uh, she was a martyr for our faith, and uh, she was definitely herself. Like she is not the quote unquote normal sister, right? But I just love it that she was the particular member of the body of Christ that God called her to be, and God used her entire history to uh, He used her history uh, in, in a sense to shape the way that she would live out her religious life. And so, even if you're not proud of certain seasons of your life, maybe when you were in high school or college or younger or whatever, God can use all that. He uses all that if we give it to him for his glory. He can redeem all that, restore all that, renew all that, and use all that for the good of your salvation and for the good of the kingdom, for the good of other people in our community. So, blessed Sarah, we invite you who were a necessary member of the body of Christ and are a necessary member of the body of Christ in heaven to pray for us. Uh, with that being said, I cannot wait to share with you next week. I'm probably going to be talking about a very controversial topic. But I got a question recently about religious life and discerning religious life. And what do we do whenever we, we walk with women who are discerning religious life and they might be walking with orders that are a little messy and broken. And um, I just know too many women, far too many women who have been, uh, yeah, there's just a lot. There's a lot to say. There's a lot to say, and we need to reverence their hearts and have a, a tough conversation about discernment and religious life. And I'm going to pray a lot this week, and hopefully God gives me to get the tongues to address that topic next week. But until then, God bless. Can't wait to see you in the Eucharist. Deuces. Deuces.